the Bible Study Podcast, episode 205. Today, the Bible Study Podcast begins a study on holiness. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Wasn't sure what to study next, but one of the things that I noticed during Sunday morning worship service was that we were singing a number of different hymns that were talking about holy or holiness. And it occurs to me that we often use these churchy sort of words, and yet we don't talk about what they mean. And sometimes holiness doesn't mean quite what we think. And so I thought it would be worth going into a little depth on what holiness means. And I don't know how long a study this is. I'll let you know when we get to the end, I suppose. But this is a concept that is introduced relatively early in the Bible with no particular definition. So the very first mention of something being holy is in Genesis, and you may be familiar with this particular verse. It's Genesis 2, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So this is obviously in the midst of the creation story, and it gives us the Sabbath day, and the Sabbath day at that time meaning Saturday, and says that this day is somehow different. This day is holy. Now, there are two definitions that I find when I go to a Bible dictionary and I look up holy. The first one is set apart to the service or worship of God, hallowed, sacred, reserved from profane or common use, holy vessels, a holy priesthood. And the second one is spiritually whole or sound of unimpaired innocence and virtue, free from sinful affections, pure in heart, godly, pious, irreproachable, guiltless, and acceptable to God. That's quite a mouthful there. The second one we talk about when we talk about someone being holy, we are usually using the term being the second one, being someone who is spiritually whole or sound. But the Sabbath day, when we talk about the Sabbath is holy, it really is that first definition, something that is set apart for the service or worship of God, something that is separate, different, and set apart for God's use. And so the first thing we are told in the Bible as we read it chronologically is that this one day is holy. This one day is set apart for God's special use or is set apart to be different from the other days. Now, I'm of the belief that all the days that God gives us are his. But what is different about this day? This is in the context of creation, and it's encouraging us to rest as God rested, and that there is built into this an understanding that people need to recreate, people need recreation, people need some day where they rest. Now, there's been a lot of debates over the years about what this day means and what does it mean to be holy. And I think of two different debates. One is the debates that Jesus went through. Because Jesus had to deal with the fact that he would try and do things like heal people on the Sabbath, and he would offend the Pharisees who say, do your healing on six days and rest on the Sabbath. 
And yet Jesus' understanding is that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That the reason that God put this day in place was for the benefit of us. So even though this is a holy day, even though this is a day that is intended to be different, that God gave us this day as a gift, understanding that we needed it. So he comes into conflict with the Pharisees who have come up with this series of rules, and we've talked about these before, that are very complicated. They actually, in the Talmud, had a series of things to try and draw a a line around the Sabbath, because they weren't sure exactly what work would mean. And so they would try and decide what was work and what wasn't work. And we've talked about this. You could spit on the ground, but if you moved the spittle around with your foot and rubbed it into the ground, then suddenly you were irrigating and that was work. You could only carry the weight of two dried figs. And then they would also come up with all sorts of ways of getting around these rules by hiring somebody who could do work on the Sabbath or something like that. So that's the first thing I think of. And the second thing I think of is in the United States, there have often been, especially on the East Coast and sometimes in the South, blue laws. And blue laws were laws that tried to, from a civil point of view, enforce this regulation. And so they would say things as simple as your business couldn't be open on Sunday or as complicated. I remember in New Jersey, it was at one point illegal for your garage door to be open on Sunday. I'm not sure why. I can't ever figure out how that became associated with making Sunday holy. Let's look at the second place in the Bible where they talk about holiness, or they talk about something being holy. And that comes up rather quickly after that in Exodus. You may remember that Moses is walking along, and he has been a shepherd. He has been kicked out of Egypt. He murdered someone and went into hiding, and he's been a shepherd for much of his life by this point. And he sees a bush that is burning in the distance, but it isn't being consumed. And so he goes near, and he hears this. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Well, what does that mean? Again, this is not going to be that second definition of someone who is without sin because we're talking about ground. Ground is generally, let's say, without sin. So we'd be talking about somehow this is a special place. This is a place that is separate from, intended for God's use. And so Moses comes into contact with God on this holy ground. And I think it'd be fair to say that any place that we come into contact with God, where we sense the presence of God, has some aspect of holiness to it. Because, as we'll learn much later on in the Bible, God is holy. We are called to be a holy people, and we're called to be like God, whatever that means. And we'll look into that a little more. So, I believe that one of the reasons that this is a holy place, and it doesn't say, God doesn't say this is a holy place because such and such. He just says, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. But I believe that any place that we come into contact with God is somehow different and special and therefore holy. And if we just take the definition of holy for now, that first definition, to be different, special, and set apart for God's use, I think we get a good sense of what that means. 
Now, again, the concept of holiness comes up later in Exodus because Moses goes into Egypt and he brings the people out. God delivers them through the series of plagues that he sends on Egypt through the Red Sea. Now they finally get to Mount Sinai and they are told in Exodus 19 verse 6, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And these are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Now, we can see very quickly that if we try and use that second definition, a people without sin, a people who are like God, a people who are whole or sound, free from sinful afflictions, pure in heart, godly, pious, that definition doesn't last very long. Because while Moses is still up getting the rest of the commandments, he gets the first 10, comes down, gives them to the people. And before he even gets all of the rest of the instructions, they break rule number one. They make for themselves a golden calf, violating the first commandment. You will have no other gods before me. So if God was looking for a holy people, meaning that people who were irreproachable, guiltless, he got the wrong people. Now, I'm going to also say that he couldn't have gotten any other people and had much better luck, or at least he would have had some problems because we are not guiltless. We are not irreproachable. But I believe when he says that you are to be a holy nation, that the hint of what he means there is the fact that they are told what? They are told they're going to be a kingdom of priests. Now, we've talked about this on the show before, but a priest is intended to be a bridge. And again, if we look at the Latin, it's a wonderful illustration because the Latin is pontiff or pont, which is bridge. And so you're intended to be a bridge between God and other people. So if we take that definition, then holy here means set apart for God's use set apart for God's service. And I think this is an important definition here because the church is also called to be holy, called to be a church full of priests, a church full of people who are building bridges between God and others. The church is not any more than the people of Israel were, blameless before God and perfect. Now, certainly we stand behind Christ's holiness, and we stand behind what he did for us, we have this inherited holiness in that second definition because he has taken our sin from us. But really, when we're called to be a holy people, and we'll see that later on as we get to some of the New Testament verses, we are called to be that in the sense that the people of Israel were called to be a holy people, a people that is set apart that is dedicated to the use and service of God. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.